Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Welcome to VEASAN's Long Shots. This is the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Edition. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin coming to you. Coming off of a good week, we hit us a nice little 60 to 1 outright here, and hopefully we can keep things rocking and rolling as yeah, we head over did. to the match play. Yeah, I, I like the I like the we factor because it makes me feel like I accomplished something when I didn't team. accomplish Jack Squat. There you go. There you go. Team We're long team. shots. Way to go. We're a team, guys. We're a team. So we will uh, we'll try to keep this thing rocking and rolling here as we head over to Austin. Uh, of course, this event is going away. I hope they can figure out a way to bring back some sort of version of this, but I get it from a television standpoint. They're going to need to jazz it up a little bit because as people get eliminated this thing really does slow down to a crawl so i imagine they will figure out a way to 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 spice things up here but it is 64 different players we do have 16 different groups of four it does go into bracket play once we get out of the group where there's round robin stuff that is going on here but wes as you looked into if you know austin country club what was coming what were some of the stuff that you found here what can you explain to people about heading over to austin for this yeah, this is this is kind of sad. I know it's it's a tough event, and we talked mm. about this in the past. It's a tough event to bet, but I'm kind of sad to see it go away. This being the last year, it looks like Houston is going to be moved up to this spot in the schedule next year for 2024. But I like the match play. It's something mm. different, you know. Breaks a little of the monotony of the tour, but to the course, it's the Austin Country Club right there in Austin. Uh, Pete and Alice Die designed it. Rod Whitman uh, renovated a couple times in the mid uh, 2010s. Par 71, 7,108 yards, one of the shorter courses that you're going to have on the PGA Tour. We've seen big hitters win here like DJ, like Bubba Watson, but Kevin Kisner has also won here and also Mm -hmm. finished uh, runner-up the year prior. So it's a positional and strategic type of course that I think favors accuracy over distance. You've got a lot of risk-reward match play holes, which I think makes the event – you know, really kind of fun to watch. First six holes are basically flat, and then the next 12 
are in the hills. So you got a lot of undulations. You have some force carries over water. I think there are five water hazards on this course across seven water holes. A lot of bunkers here, by the way, 110 of them. That is the third most on the PGA Tour. Fairways are going to be Ryan Fescue Overseed. This is usually Bermuda, but because the Bermuda is dormant this time of year, you get a lot of Ryan Fescue, Poa Trivalis uh, Overseed on the greens, about 12 on the stint meter, so average speed. Uh, greens are small, 5,500 square feet. So on the front nine, these this really plays like two different nines. Front nine is kind of hilly a lot of uneven lies and then the second nine you get more of the water where it's more of a lynxian feel a lot of pot bunkers wind also it's a lot more exposed to wind on the back nine uh not a lot of uh high rough it's only about two and a half in or two inches high five sub port uh, 400 yard par fours on this track so if you're looking for like course correlations Harbor Town, TPC River Highlands, TPC Sawgrass, of course, uh, those are die designs. PGA West Stadium, TPC San Antonio. So, you know, that's kind of what I was looking at for the course. Uh, all a variety of different type of players have won here. In fact, since this has been in Austin, the winners here have been Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, Kevin Kisner, Billy Horschel, Scotty Scheffler. So, kind of runs the gamut of right. a lot of different players here absolutely yeah that is like almost every single style of play right there across the board and kelly you and i were talking a little bit before we started recording here i do want to see what you guys did from a modeling standpoint i'll be honest i didn't run any models this week um because the numbers to me doesn't really matter all that much i just kind of want to see what people look like the last 36 last 24 ish type of rounds but from there, you know, listen, it really does kind of come out to who did they end up in a group with? How does the bracket tend to play out? Certainly from an outright perspective with all of that. And then also just the strategy of probably betting more of the more matchups and head to head things here this week than we really do all year long. Right. I mean, really just kind of loading up the card with all of those. And so um, how much how much modeling, how much of stuff that did that did you do this week of that? Yeah, I did. I, I do it every year still for this event, but I think what you're saying is is also true where, look, do I put, do I weigh it into my handicap as much as I do on a normal week-to-week? -week? No. Um, I'll also just say up front, this is, this is a week where this is, I treat this a lot like the actual NCAA tournament too. We're all fire on more bets this week, but at much less amounts. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not an event that I've traditionally had a ton of success in, um, but it, I, it's a... It's a fun event. I think it's it's a lot of fun to bet. I think it's a lot of fun to watch until like you guys brought up until it gets to the end where you're kind of like, all right, <laughs> now I'm just watching like four guys golf. This is this is a little yeah. boring. Um, but yeah, now I you know I did look at I did look at some stuff, and I think if you are modeling this week, it's ultra aggressive, right? We are we're talking about uh, match play events. You're playing one guy. So what do I need? I need guys that are gonna make birdies, right? So how do we make birdies? You know, it's hitting in the fairways in, in uh, like Wes brought up, you might not be able to take full driver off the tee every time here, but you need to hit fairways. You need to stick the stick it onto the green and close to the pin and try to make your putts. So I think it's weighing stuff for me this week. I do do some modeling, but it's more it's way different than what we're what I'm normally weighing each week, right? So I did mm -hmm. heavy on approach. I did some good drive stuffing off the tee, but smaller. Um, strokes gained par five, heavier than what I normally do because you got to be able to score on those par fives. We've got those series of short par fours, so 350 to 400 yards on the par fours. 
refer to your better gained and opportunities gained way heavier than I would normally look at in an event. Uh, want those guys that I that I feel confident in that can go out there and score bogey avoidance, and that's pretty much all I did. So that it's really just kind of who give me a list of guys that I can sort kind of at the top pretty easily and at the bottom pretty easily, and it allows me to kind of combine with what everything you just said, Matt. Combine that into where where I feel like guys really should stack as far as my kind of power rankings in the field. Wes, how much modeling did you do this week, and how and did it matter to you? I didn't do modeling per se. What I did, I did look at a few different stats, though, just for some context, just like for some, you know, an extra case if it could be made for somebody. So I looked at approach, uh, combination of fairways gained and good drives gained. Uh, I did a little bit of strokes gained putting because, look, that's going to be random here. You can get hot with a putter, and we've Mm -hmm. seen guys, you know, Guys that are really good putters that maybe are less talented players have actually excelled here. Kevin Kisner, obviously, being exhibit A, B, and C. Uh, Billy <laughs> Horschel, Matt Kuchar, Alex Norin. Those are the type of guys that you've seen them knock off some bigger names. And look, you will see as we get into these group and, and pool plays, uh, at least two players, because there's an A group, a B group, a C group, and a D group. 1 through 16, 17 through 32, 33 through uh, 48, 49 to 64. At least two players from the D group have advanced to the round of 16 every year at Austin Country Club. So you're going to get a couple chalks and you're going to get a couple bombs that advance to the knockout portion. I think there were eight players from the A group. Eight of the top 16 advanced last year. That was the most ever for this format. So look, you know, when you look at some of the stats, it's going to be like a stroke play event. It's going to be like, okay, the same guys at the top. So going back to that, I did approach fairways gain, good drives gain. I did a little strokes gain putting bogey avoidance, a little scrambling as well. Uh, Strokes gain par four, 350 to 400. There's four of those holes on this course. But if you look at the course scorecard, they come at really, I think, crucial points. Number one, the first hole, because you want to get off to a really good start. And then also the fifth hole, if if you run behind, the 10th hole is in that range. And then the part and then the 18th is 368. So at really, you know, opportune times and really crucial times are where those strokes gain par for 350 to 400 are. So I thought that that was going to matter and then i did a little bit of strokes gain total just for context of course is less than 7200 yards uh i didn't really go much with the pete die angle even though i did play a couple guys that are pretty good on pete dies historically here just to follow up real quick man on that point i, I did see this there's a good tweet from rick game uh rick gaiman who we all use his site love rick uh was on a numbers game today just as far as those top seeds advancing so tw- you, uh, last year was eight west the year before you had one that advanced the 2020 COVID year, uh, 2019, five, 2018, five, 2017, five, 2016, eight and 2015, five. So yeah, Mm -hmm. to your point, it's, you know, and if you add that all up, like he did, it's that's 37 out of 112. So 33% of the time, roughly over the history of this event, you know, go back to 2015, at least it's a, a top seed actually advances. Yeah, so there are going to be some fairly Dickinsons uh, in, in this field, if you want to call them that. There are going to be some of those guys that are like 15 and 16 seeds that are going to advance in this thing. I think you've seen in more recent years, though, just looking by the uh, recent winners like Scotty Scheffler 
was the number five overall seed. Uh, Dustin Johnson, when he won, was the one seed. Jason Day, when he won, was the two seed in 2016. But you've also seen Billy Horschel was the 32 overall in 2021. Kevin Kisner was the 48 overall in 2019. Bubba Watson, the 35 overall in 2018. So, you know, when you're doing, if you're doing like a bracket challenge, you know, mix it up a little bit. Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, go against some of these top 16. Guys, we're going to do a little bit of a different format this week. We're just going to go group by group, so I think it'll make it a little bit easier for you if you do want to, you know, get on some of these bets that we are on. We'll just kind of go 1 through 16. We'll talk about how that would break up in the actual bracket itself as we move along, too. But before we get into that, if you don't mind, hit that pause button, go down. Give us a five-star review. If you want to do a four, that's fine. We prefer a five and uh, leave a comment in there. You know, like, yeah, don't go any lower than a four. If you're going to do a three, then don't just keep listening. If you're going to do a three, just bother. keep rolling. Yeah, don't bother. If you're going to do a three, don't, don't bother. Just keep going. Like, we're not worried well, about go, it. But, uh, go, you know, if you go four, let us know what we can do better. Leave us a little comment in there. Uh, do appreciate that. We're getting uh, more listeners than ever on the podcast here and do appreciate all the support you guys are giving us. Absolutely free to just hit that, uh, hit that subscribe button and hit that little five-star rating, which does help us climb the chart. So do appreciate that a ton. So as we go down the betting odds, the outright betting market, and we will talk about this as we go along the way, but Scotty Scheffler is your betting favorite over DraftKings eight to one. Rory is at 11 and so is John Rahm. Then a pretty big jump all the way to Cantlay at 18 and Finau, Max Homa at 20, Xander's at 25, as is Victor Hovland, as is Tyrrell Hatton, as is Jordan Spieth. You get to Will Zalatoris at 28, Colin Morikawa at 28, Jason Day 28. And then you get into game names that are certainly household names here, but they're all going to be 30 or longer in your Cam Youngs, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung JMs, et cetera, of the world. Maybe some guys that haven't been playing necessarily all that great and have seen their odds kind of shift just a little bit. So let's kick things off here, guys, in group number one. And as we take a look at group number one, Scotty Scheffler, Tom Kim, Alex Noren, Davis Riley, I don't know if we have to have a ton of conversation here about all this. Look, I think we all like Tom Kim as a player, but Scotty Scheffler is now moved himself into a group almost all of his own, his consistency that he continues to put out there. Uh, of course, the defending champion at this. I'm not going to try and talk anybody off of betting Scotty Scheffler to win this group. If you all want, have, if y'all have a case for any of these other guys, go right ahead. But Scotty seems like the clear class of this group to me. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I'm not necessarily going to bet against him, uh, Scotty Scheffler, in the group. However, his uh, opening round match, by the way, uh, on Wednesday is against Davis Riley. Interesting angle here. Uh, these two met, actually, in the finals of the 2013 U.S. Junior Amateur, and Riley called a penalty on himself that clinched the match for Scotty Scheffler uh, back there in 2013. Uh, so... Davis Riley's about a $2 underdog. He played pretty solid at the Valspar. Didn't play good enough for uh, my case, having bet him last week. But that's an interesting match, I think. Uh, huh. One of the more interesting matches on day one, if you're looking at it. I think he wins the group. And you were talking about Tom Kim as well, Matt. Alex Noren probably is the dark horse. He is a very good match play player. He's 11-5 and all-time here at Austin Country Club. Actually had one of the better win percentages here. 14 and seven, because I did in my column, which you'll get at vston.com here in a couple hours. I did overall match play record and Austin match play record. Overall, of course, includes President's Cup, Ryder Cup, any of the DP World Tour type match play events. And this is not the easiest group for Scotty Scheffler, but he's really hard to get in front of right now. 
Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, Scheffler is my top-rated guy this week. I think that's no mm-hmm. surprise to anybody. But um, one bet I do have in this is, I, I hear you on Norton, um, but, man, it's been a rough 2023, at least, so far yeah. for him. Three missed cuts and a 61st at the API. Um, I bet uh, Tom Kim in a matchup first round uh, mm-hmm. against him, minus 135. I'm interested to see what Tom Kim can do in a format like this. I think that there's... I, you know, he's a guy where I haven't gotten as excited about him, I think, as some people have over the past year. But I think this is this might be an interesting format with a guy that a little less experience. There's nothing to be. I mean, you got nothing to lose when you're a guy kind of in his shoes. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I he would be the one that I would have my eye out for for Scheffler, maybe chasing him down and maybe causing him some problems in that in this group. But. Man, yeah, I think Scheffler's probably safe for the group overall, but as far as first-round matchups in this one, I do have a Tom Kim over Alex Norin uh, matchup bet. Group number two is, I'm sure when John Rahm saw this one come out, he was not, none too thrilled. Group number two, John Rahm, the number two overall seed, gets Billy Horschel, a former winner of this event, gets Keith Mitchell, who's playing some of the best golf that he's played in his career right now, and Ricky Fowler, who's also playing some of the best golf of his career over the last five years. And so, guys, we take a look. This group, this was a complete stay away for me in this one because, honestly, if any one of the four guys in this group made it out, I would be absolute. I'd be like, yeah, okay, it makes perfect sense. Ricky Fowler's on fire. The guy's just a top 15 machine right now. Keith Mitchell is not only can bomb it, but he can bomb it straight. You got Billy Horschel, who might be the most annoying person maybe ever to play a match play event against. So, like, I honestly think the psychology of that comes into this a little bit, you know? I mean, the guy takes five minutes to hit every single putt and all this. Like, you're probably sitting over there going, let's go, bro. Let's do this. You know, like, what's going on? And then, of course, you have John Rom, you know, the one of the top three players in the world. So, um, this, I, I actually almost instantly kind of scratched this group off. I don't know if you guys have anything going on here, Kelly. How did you see group two? No, no, I'm completely with you. Look, this is, I still think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. There weren't, you just, it's so tough with him. We're like, you're absolutely right. I think I wouldn't be surprised if any four of these guys win this, win this group, but the odds still aren't long enough on the other three guys for me, as far from a group betting perspective to really get me there on a bet to take over Rom. So I'm with you. It was a pretty easy move, move on from when I saw it. Yeah, Wes, when you look at this, I mean, I, I, it's like a former champion and then, you know, two guys that are playing really, really solid golf right now. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's, it's, you know, I, I understand why John Rahm is the short shot here in this one and is still a big betting favorite. But I guess my question to you would be is if Ricky figured out a way to make it out of this group, I don't think any of the three of us would be surprised. Yeah, I think this is absolutely one of the more top-end beatable favorites uh, in this field. That would have sounded absurd to say a month ago, but look, Billy Horschel has won this thing. Uh, Keith Mitchell has beaten Ian Poulter in match play. He was like one of the match play gods, beat him here. I think it was last year or the year before. And Ricky Fowler, by the way, who gets John Rahm in the first round, and Ricky Fowler is only about $1.45 underdog I, I i was hoping for more because i do kind of like ricky here because yeah. ricky by the way if he reaches the quarterfinals he gets in the top 50 in the world which means he gets that masters invite and if he doesn't do that he's got to win that down in san antonio at the valero next week to be in the field in augusta national but 
Ricky hasn't played a lot here. I think he only has the one appearance here at Austin, but obviously a pretty good match play record for his career, 12, eight and five in singles matches. So, you know, that's taking points in 17 of your 25 matches, albeit you don't get a point here. It's just, you know, you get it in group play, but then you got to go to the bracket play once you get the knockout. Mm -hmm. So, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody. I would not be betting John Rom though to win this group. I think take your chances with any one of the other three guys. I'm with you 100 percent on that. That that group just seems like a pretty easy fade for me, and I'll I'll just start betting heads head head to heads once we get out of that group. Group three: Roy McIlroy, Keegan Bradley, Denny McCarthy, and Scott Stallings. As you would imagine, Roy McIlroy, the overwhelming betting favorite to come out of that group, but. You do have a couple of at least interesting angles outside of the blow-up that we got from Keegan um, two weeks ago. Keegan Bradley had been playing really, really good. And then, of course, you have the Denny McCarthy factor here, Wes, like you were mentioning when you were talking about the course breakdown. Not a lot of putting stats that we think are very sticky because they can go hot and cold, except for Denny McCarthy, who just putts good every year, everywhere, Mm -hmm. all over the place, and is literally one of the top 10 putters that there is. And so... If he is actually just keeping it somewhat close to the hole, I mean, with that flat stick of his, he could beat any of these guys, I think, in any matchup. I think he's at least kind of the dark horse if I was to pick one to kind of come out of this group. Yeah, look, I think McCarthy would be the only guy I would consider out of this group besides Rory. I can't go with Keegan Bradley. He is 112-6 in singles matches uh, all time, so... I can't go with him. Scott Stallings, not a ton of experience here. So, and also McElroy apparently has been experimenting with some equipment adjustments, some different putters, some different drivers. So he's not really quite at his peak right now. So if you're going with the long shot, it would only be McCarthy for me in group three. Yeah, I could, uh, the, I, I mean, <laughs> You know me, Keegan. <laughs> if I had to pick someone here, it'd be Keegan. Oh, uh, this boy. is, uh, um, I know the record. I'm staring at it right now, Wes. I know the match play record. I know that there are people out there that would say Keegan takes all this stuff way too seriously when he gets to this point, and that might be hurting him a little bit. I just, I like you said, Matt, I see a guy who's still playing. Um, you know, he's playing some of the best golf he's played in his, his entire career. Um, Rory absolutely is still in that top three, but if there's any of those three that I'm becoming a little bit more concerned about as the season goes on, it's Rory. Um, So, I mean, you add in Keegan, you add in Denny, Scott Stallings even at points, you know, over the past year. I mean, we've certainly thrown away some money on him trying to chase down bets. Um, You know, first round leaders, I think he's hit once, once for me. So, I think that guy, this guy could spike. Not a lot. Of, the other thing to point out for Denny and Scott, though, not a lot of experience here. None, in fact, right? Mm. Um, so I think that I think this is an interesting one. If I had to pick one guy out of this group, guys, it would it would be Keegan Bradley. I know, uh, look, he's playing the best, some of the best golf of his career right now. Matt brought that up earlier. Uh, you know, we we went over these uh, stats. Wes, you kind of went through all the stats for all the match play records and even the ones here at Austin Country Club. Talking about 112 and 6, 03 and 6 here at Austin Country Club. I know I'm kind of going against that stuff, and I have not bet anything with Keegan this week. But if I did have to pick one guy to upset Rory, I'd actually be going with him over Denny. 
Yeah, and well, I mean, he's he's in solid form. I think he's played better than he's played in recent years. But, you know, you talked about the fact that he gets kind of emotional in this type of thing. I go back to 2015. Uh, I think it was the uh, last year they didn't have it in Austin. It was in Harding Park in San Francisco. And he was playing in a match with Miguel Angel Jimenez back in 2015. And Jimenez apparently pointed out that he needed to take the two club lengths before dropping his ball for the relief. It didn't go over well. Uh, I, I don't think it's the same caddy, but Keegan Bradley's caddy, uh, known as Pepsi, Stephen Hale is his name, was like, you know, Miguel, I guess, was kind of like, hey, you know, get out of this. You know, this is between me and him. And Bradley gets, gets in Miggy's face and goes, don't tell him to shut up. And, you know, <laughs> just got like really emotional. And Bradley ended up going 0-3 that year in the match play. So, I mean, the, the record is... I mean, you got to stomach it if you want to play it for the record. But McCarthy would be the one if I was looking, even though I think I'm not really totally confident with Rory right now, but it's hard to go against him in this group. If we had to group four, this is the group where I saw kind of a clear advantage for one of the guys here and curious as to what y'all think. But Patrick Cantlay heads this one up. Brian Harmon, KH Lee, and then Nick Taylor um, listen, Brian Harmon comes out of that second group, but he is in awful form right now. And then yep. you look at, at Nick Taylor and KH Lee, who certainly I think could pose at least a little bit of a threat to Patrick Cantlay. But this was the one group that I looked at when everything was announced. And it was the first bet that I made, which was Cantlay to come out of group mm-hmm. four. Um, it just seemed very, it, the path to victory here for Cantlay seemed pretty, pretty easy comparatively to a lot of these other top seeds, just the way that things broke down. I mean, he got a guy in the group of two in Brian Harmon who might be playing the worst out of anyone in that group, you know, right now. And then, of course, the the group three, group four guys. So uh, I do have the bet. So my first one on the card is Cantlay to come out of group four. Uh, What say you, Wes? Yeah, ditto for me, and mm-hmm. and he would be one of my outrights, too, because I tried to pick one in each quadrant, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't really go that deep with only 64 players in the field. But if you remember back in 2021, uh, uh, Cantlay uh, actually beat Harmon in a match but did not advance out of the group because they were tied, so they had to go to extra holes, and Harmon beat him in a sudden-death playoff on the second hole back in 2021 to advance out of the group. So if you look at Patrick Cantlay's record, by the way, here, it is very solid. I think he's 6-4-2 all time here at the Austin Country Club, and yet Patrick Cantlay has never advanced to the round of 16. He's always been, you know, I, I, one year I think he got beat by Tiger, and, and you know, he's always been in second. He's never been worse than second in his group. 6-4-2, and 8-5-2 and two overall match play record, so... This is a guy that I think has a better record than like his results would indicate. So Patrick Cantlay, I, I thought that this was probably one of the easier groups or one of the chalky players. I completely agree, fellas. That's why it is a pod play. <laughs> pod play. Well, 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 the last time we had this on Patrick Cantlay, it worked out so swimmingly. So we're going to try it again. Yeah. Going back to the well with Cantlay here. No, I, I, I really can't add any more than what you guys just said. Yeah. I, it was, like you said, Matt, this was the first one where I was like, okay, Cantlay, who I've got rated very, I mean, as far as recent form goes, Patrick Cantlay is way up there for me. Uh, I mean, definitely in that top five of golfers in the world right now. So it was Cantlay, and then I'm like, okay, scrub, 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 scrub. Okay, now I'm, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm going to bet this. 
I and, yeah. and fair warning, as we go through these, you're going to see I'm fairly chalky on some of these. But yes, Cantlay, that one jumped out immediately. To me. According to Data Golf, by the way, outside of Scotty Scheffler, Cantlay is the biggest favorite to win his group, according to their numbers over there as well. So they they also kind of along the same lines as us, thinking that Cantlay is the class of that group. So do like Cantlay a ton there in that one. Group number five, Max Homa, Hideki Matsuyama, Kevin Kisner, and Justin Suh. They didn't do Mac Homa, Max Homa any favors here. Of course, you have no. Hideki who falls into that group of two because of a little bit of dip in play. And then you have Kevin Kisner, a former winner here. And then Justin Suh, a guy who's on the up and up. So Max Homa did not get any favors in this one. Kelly, I, I'm going to spoil this because I know that you told yeah. me before we started, you only have a couple of outrights, but Mr. Homa is one of them. Yeah, it, it, he is. Um, I'm. It's This is where the... The style of this and the format of this event gets wonky, right? Where I have Max Homa as an outright, where I bet him 22 to 1. And I like that as an outright number, but this group is tough. This is not an easy group for him. So I didn't right. do anything as far as group, a group bet for him. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, the only liability I want to have is okay, if he manages to get out of the group, then I've got a great number on him as he heads into that, into that final 16, right? So that, that was kind of my thinking along those lines. But man, I think you could make an argument for, you know, almost any of the guys in this group, if you're looking for an upset here, mm-hmm. this this is kind of the exact opposite of some of the ones we just talked about, especially the Cantlay one. I mean, but, I mean, you know, another pod player didn't do so well. Justin saw last week for us. Yeah. I mean, we all loved him a week ago. I, you know, I don't, I know this is going to be his first time here, but I don't, I even he's, you know, he's at kind of at the bottom here. Hideki Matsuyama, obviously a ton of experience. And when he's on his game, one of the best approach players on the planet uh, you know, and Kevin Kisner with, a, I mean, a great match play record, 22-8-2, and 22-6-1 at this event. I, I mean, I think you could make a case for nearly any of these guys. Uh, so that's why I kind of stayed away and probably will as the first three days go on from almost doing anything with this group. But I did just take more of the outright uh, price on home. Yeah and, yeah, and I get that. Like, Wes, we take a look at this group, and I mean, look, I think Hideki or so when in this group, we'd, we would be, we would understand Kisner, despite the fact that his match play record is so great. He is in maybe the worst form of any player yeah. in this entire field. If you look over the last 24 and 36 rounds, he is losing everywhere. Like, like total mm-hmm. off the tee approach, ball striking around the green, putting tee to green. He's losing everywhere um so he is maybe in the worst form of, of of anybody that actually made it into this tournament here but i mean listen hideki we know at any point could certainly turn it around and we we, we all like so last week because he was kind of on the up and up and look he made the cut he just kind of faded and all that and then of course uh, we know what max homa is capable of so pretty interesting group for sure yeah hideki looked great in the final round at sawgrass so you know if, if the fitness concerns are i think are assuaged then yeah, he's absolutely a threat here. So this is his sixth event in a row. So I wonder if maybe a little bit of fatigue could wear in, especially for a younger player that might not be, you would think, okay, it'd be easier for the younger player, but sometimes they're not used Mm -hmm. to that schedule. You know, it's like a college basketball kid, you know, now moving up to the NBA and playing NBA minutes often playing more games, all of a sudden fatigue sets in and you, you hit that wall a little bit. But, uh, 
I, I think home, I think Homa should advance here. Kisner, by the way, in his first match on Wednesday against Matsuyama is like almost a dollar fifty underdog. You yeah, don't the, get that. You usually get a little bit of a price break on Kevin Kisner because mm-hmm. he's twenty two six and two here. And by the way, that's his overall match play record because every year he does well at this event. And it's like, okay, we got to put this guy in the Ryder Cup team. We got to put this guy in the Ryder Cup team. But this is the only play. I mean, if the Ryder Cup is at Austin Country Club, yes. <laughs> but it's in Rome this year in Marco Simone Golf Club. So Get I don't West. think he's ever won a match there. I mean, there's just so many players ahead of him. Get him, West. No, and I will I'll back up what you said, man. That yes, I wanted to point out his uh match play record, but he is as far as the modeling that I did, last 12, last 24, last 36 rounds, he is last in the field yeah. in my model at Fantasy National. And then Rick Rungood, he is second last in the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just he he is in horrible, horrible form right now. So I don't know if he would be worthy of any sort of bet. I think he's a an obvious fade. And so group number six, Xander Schauffele, Tom Hoagie, Aaron Wise, and Cam Davis. Of course, the betting favorite would be Xander Schauffele. And then you take a look at some of these other players in which kind of up and down. Now, Wes, this is what's the interesting thing about match play. Because you have two guys in this group, and I guess you could even throw Cam Davis in there, who are super highly volatile in Tom Hoagie and Aaron Wise. But but volatility actually plays in match play because yeah. like a blow up hole doesn't really matter to you. You know, like, like it's fine. You make an eight on a hole. Who gives a shit? Like move on. And like you, you go to the next, you, you go to the next hole. It doesn't matter. Like an eight in a normal tournament and it completely sets you back. Right. And so I, I do look at a hoagie and a wise. And like I said, to a lesser extent, even, even cam Davis and say, look, yes, Xander is by far the class of this group. But we do have some guys that can just kind of run hot and are scorers for sure. And the Mm -hmm. blow up holes that typically keep them away from winning tournaments doesn't affect them near as much in a match play format. Yeah, and Xander, uh, despite the fact he, you know, he he's got a, a winning record. I guess uh, if you don't include if you don't include the ties, I think he's uh, five four and three here at Austin, seven five and three overall. But He's a beatable favorite. He's never been to the round of 16. He's never really made a big run in in this type of event. Hoagie, you know, even though we didn't do a lot of modeling, obviously, if you look at the approaches and stuff like that, good drives gain, he is right up there near the top. So he certainly fits in that regard. So this is is a weird group where I don't really like anybody. So I guess if you don't like anybody, take what you think are one of the longer shots uh, in this one. Uh, I'm not going to be betting Xander to advance out of the group, even though he very well could. This is a... This is a big group for me, boys. <laughs> I have a lot of bets in this group, actually. Um, a lot of things you guys just talked about. Cameron Davis, he had that horrible stretch, but he talked about battling that illness. We saw him bounce back at the players and post, uh, you know, post a, what was it, sixth, I believe, is where he finished there. Um, <clears throat> so I'm first round matchups. I took a plus 165 over Xander. I thought that number was just a little high, especially comparing it, shopping around, comparing it to the rest of the marketplace. So I did. Uh, take it, take a chance there with the dog, with the dog in the first round, uh, matchup on, uh, with that one. And then also first round matchup, I went hoagie over Aaron wise for a lot of the reasons that you're talking about, uh, Wes, well, I think wise kind of struggling a bit with his game right now. Hoagie, meanwhile, really, really consistent on his approach play, which I think is, is something to capitalize on. So nothing, nothing for me as far as advancing from this group right now, but first round matchups, I'm involved in all four guys in this in this group. 
Yeah, I mean, if we take a look, I mean, it's the, we talk about embracing kind of the variance here, and you know, Tom Hoagie over the last, for what it's worth, right, over the last twenty four rounds of in this field, as far as opportunities gained, he's seventh overall in opportunities gained. He's fourth overall in eagles gained and stuff yeah. like that. And again, like that's the type of stuff that, and again, I have not yet played hoagie and i don't know if i will i still think xander is much better than all of these guys but like those are the type of stuff that jumps off the page to me where i'm like okay he's at least putting himself in these situations and then those holes where tom hoagie makes you want to break your television because you have a outright on him and he like just you know makes a, a snowman it doesn't matter you know like it doesn't matter at this at this for so yep <laughs> something for yep. me anyway maybe Tom hoagie yeah, the only thing is I'll even add on to that just for the other end of it with Aaron Wise, right? Like strokes gained a, a approach last twenty four rounds, he sits sixty first in this field. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's how bad he, that, like that's how bad he's been playing recently. Um, and some of the stuff that he does, like some of the stuff he has been doing well at, it's stuff that you don't want here. It's scrambling around the green, stuff like that. Okay, if you know if you're gonna be scrambling or playing around the green too much, like he's probably not winning many of these holes. So. Yeah. That's where I, I really like that one. It's, it's one of my favorite first-round matchups. Group number seven, Will Zalatoris, Ryan Fox, Harris English, and Andrew Putnam. And talking about the chalk here, Kelly, I did chalk this. Look, I think Zalatoris has uh, kind of gotten over this stuff that was ailing him. He, he said he's healthy. Some of his play has shown that he is healthy as well. I'm not going to bet him to win the whole tournament because I do wonder if you know, having to play. That's the other thing about this, right? I mean, like you play a ton of matches if you actually win this thing. So, you know, maybe the, maybe the health and the stuff that was bothering him could creep in a little bit over the course of a tournament, but making it out of the group. I mean, listen, y'all know, I bet Ryan Fox a couple of different times this year, but I think if you look at Zalatoris at the number, we're getting at nearly two to one on Zalatoris to win this group. Uh, I think that the number is far too high on a guy that, again, a year ago we were, we would have, you know, put in one of the top five, you know, we'd have considered him a top five player, you know, in the world. Right. And, and yes, he battled some injuries and had to deal with through some of that other stuff. But, uh, Zalatoris for me in this one, this was the second bet that jumped off the page to me, Wes, when you see here, I mean, look, we know what Putnam is all about. I guess, I guess the, the question here is, could you could you find yourself on the upside of a Harris English or a Ryan Fox if everything happens to be going right for them one day? I don't know if I can do so with Harris mm-hmm. English. I guess, you know, he, he he could advance. Any one of these four, I mm-hmm. think, actually could advance. But Harris English, I mean, all we really saw out of him was a very good performance at Bay Hill. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have anything, like, in addition to that. And then uh, we look at, uh, you know, Andrew Putnam. Look, uh He's a guy that can get hot with the putter. He's always up there in the putting stats. So that's why I can't discount him. Zalatoris is the class act. You know, are there still fitness concerns? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I would go with the guy, actually, and I might be interested. I want to see how high of a price I can get. And I know he doesn't have a lot of match play experience. But Ryan Fox could be really interesting here. He's a player that probably a lot of betters that just bet pga tour don't really know about and and you know i bet him uh, uh fairly frequently on the dp world tour he was 14th at the arnold palmer he was 27th at the sawgrass this guy's number 34 in the world mm-hmm. and and i think he can absolutely surprise here so uh you know i'm i, I haven't decided if i'm gonna bet this yet right. so i'm not dead set against will zalatoris but ryan fox would be the one i think would be worth a poke if you're going against the favorite in this group 
Yeah, I was getting close uh, on Zalatoris here, but um, I, I I haven't made anything in this group, uh, any kind of bets whatsoever. My my, I, I ultimately decided I'll uh, it's coming. Kind of, I'm going to kind of wait and see Zalatoris, and I'll kind of just mm-hmm. play him round around as he yeah. goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, can't disagree. He's 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 the I, I can't disagree. He's the class of the, of this group for sure. Um, the numbers probably fair, but I have no problem. That, that's why that just is. It's one of these things that I love about this event that I can, you can do so easily do that, right? It's, it's okay, fine. I'm just going to skip them pre-tournament and, you know, jump in, jump in live, you know, as they go uh, matchup to matchup. Yeah. So heading to group eight, Victor Hovland, Chris Kirk, Siwoo Kim, and Matt Kuchar. Guys, uh, I do have a bet in this one as well. So I have, you know, been betting a lot of these group bets and I bet Siwoo Kim and this is one of those this one of those deals where listen we have seen with Siwoo if you look at the course history over the course of his you know career we've seen a guy that has played well on these Pete Dye courses before we know that Siwoo has a couple of wins on these Pete Dye courses and if you go in and you kind of take a look I don't know if he is that far off from really any of these other guys in this group and be able to get nearly three to one on Siwoo to advance out of this group at plus 285 was a little bit too good for me to pass up. Now is Hovland the best player in the group? He is for sure, but uh, we've seen Siwoo and the upside of a Siwoo and also the uh, outright bet for me on Siwoo Kim. I'm a little less, a little less enthusiastic about him actually being able to win this thing as I am just the number attached at 70 to one on him because the, the, the game is there, right? I mean like the game for Siwoo, is certainly there. We talk about these dudes that have these blow up holes. He is the, like he's in the top. He would be one of the first round draft picks of guys that like, has <laughs> right, these like yeah. blow up holes that, that put them out of contention in, in four round tournaments. But again, this is like less of a concern here in match play format. So I took Siwoo out of this group and also took an outright on, on Siwoo Wes, uh, what do you think here about group eight? Yeah, this is actually I would I would have liked Victor Hovland coming into this event until I saw this draw because you know for everything that you said about Siwoo Siwoo by the way very good history on Pete Dyes very sneaky history on Pete Dyes I think like three of his four wins were on Pete Dye design so I'm not discounting him you can't really discount one of the best players in this match play field based on record and that's Matt Kuchar mm-hmm. 16 5 and 4 here uh you know and and he's in a lot better form than he was you know last year where he made the semifinals made the final in 2019 he is just a dead eye putter as is Chris Kirk uh here now Kuchar by the way needs a little bit of a run here because he's trying to get in the Masters obviously in the uh, adopted home state of Georgia but Kirk, you know, has a solid match play record. Not a lot of matches, six and four overall, three and two here at Austin. So, yeah, I I, I think Hovland probably, I'm with you, Matt, that he is a beatable favorite here at plus 165, and I'm not necessarily going to bet him, even though I think he's starting to show some good signs with his game, certainly did at the Players' Championship, uh, where he ended up getting up uh, T3 uh, there in the final round, but It'd be one of the dogs I would go with here. I haven't decided which one yet. Yeah, this is the, I, I almost did the opposite thinking of, of or not, or the different thinking from Wes of, I was looking forward to playing Siwoo in this event, but I thought this group was pretty brutal that he got stuck in. So he would definitely still be my pick, but I didn't get there on a bet on him 
at least yet. I, so mm. uh, I, I, if I had to pick someone, I do think he would be the nice upset pick here, but I think you can make arguments for, you know, all four guys. I think this is a tough group that he kind of got stuck in. Yeah. And uh, one thing to mention, it is certainly not the easiest route for Siwoo either. Um, just to kind of put that out there, uh, mm-hmm. he would have to, he, he is in the Scheffler side. That said, Scheffler would have to win two matches before Siwoo got to him. So Scheffler would have to make it out of the group and then Scheffler would have to win a, a head-to-head as well. Um, so I, I assume Scheffler will do that. But again, that's something that would have to play out as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not just going to hand everything to, to Scheffler here. This is kind of a wonky format. So um, not the easiest route there. But 70-1 to 1 was just a little bit too much for me to uh, to pass on there. Guys, as we do each and every week, just because it's match play and just because we have changed the format of this show does not mean that we are not going to go around the world with Russ Reynolds. We are going to do that when we come back after this short break. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. And we are back talking the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship. But before we get into groups 9 to 16, let's head around the world with Ross Reynolds. Yeah, and we head uh, down south to the Dominican Republic for the alternate event for the PGA Tour. That is the Corrales Punta Cana Championship, uh, former Corn Ferry event, now a PGA Tour event. Uh, Corrales Golf Club, 7,670-yard, 7, par 72, Tom Fazio design. So, you know, relatively easy to score upon. 17-under uh, was the winner. There are, there are some tricky ones, though. The back nine is a lot more difficult than the front nine. The wind can expose, but, you know, it's a coastal course. It's like El Camillion, uh, Grand Reserve, the Plantation course at Kapalua. So those are correlated courses. Chad Ramey, by the way, the defending champ here last year. 
uh, one at 50 to one. Joel Damon, same price in 2021, one here at 50 to one. So, you know, took a few shots uh, uh, with this. Uh, uh, first guy I played as a guy that actually plays well in these coastal events, Ben Martin, 30 to one. Third in strokes gained ball striking last 24 rounds. Uh, second here last year, ninth in 2021. Also has a third in Puerto Rico and another 14th in Puerto Rico. So he plays very well. These are Paspalum greens and Paspalum really all the way through the course. So uh, there is something to that. Ben Martin has played well in those events. Uh, uh, Eric Von Royen, 35 to 1. Top 10 last week at the Valspar. Third on approach in the field last week. Uh, also has putted well on this Paspalum before. He was third in the Mexico Championship in 2021. The alternate event at the Barracuda up in uh, Tahoe in 2021. Dylan Wu, 50 to 1. Five straight cuts he's made back to, dating back to Pebble Beach. T10 at the Honda was his best finish. He's played well in these events that are on the Corn Ferry Tour in these kind of subtropical climates. Uh, second uh, in uh, Bahamas. 18th also in the other event in the Bahamas. Seventh in Panama. So could go well here. MJ Duffy, 55 to 1. Four straight cuts. T19 at the Valspar last weekend, but he's four for strokes gained off the T over the last 24 rounds and third in the category last week in the Valspar field. Andrew Novak, 65 to 1. He was 11th here last year. He's fourth off the tee last week at the Valspar, where he finished 27th. And then the bombs, uh, Cody Gribble, 80 to 1. Back to back seventh place finishes. Seventh in Puerto Rico. He's the best driver in the field. Fourth in ball striking. Also, same thing at the Valspar. He was seventh last week. Fifth in driving in the field, 25th on approach, fifth in putting. He could go very well here. And then Trevor Werblilo, 150 to 1, uh, if I didn't butcher that pronunciation, has made six straight cuts. Uh, 20, 27th last year at the Valspar, 11th tee to green. That was his best ball striking performance of the season. He's only 24 years old. This guy actually was a really highly rated amateur and turned pro when he was like 20 and just has not gotten his career going. But Look, this is this is a weaker field. You get a lot of older veterans that don't get into a lot of PGA Tour fields anymore that do get into a field like this. So uh, a lot of weakness at the bottom. Uh, but we haven't really seen a lot of chalk win this event. It's been a lot of mid-range guys around 50 to 1 on average. So as we head on here into group number nine, group number nine is... The number one seed you find in Colin Morikawa, Jason Day, though, in the group of two here, Adam Svensson and then Victor Perez. I look at this, if we look at the numbers here, there's not much of a gap between Morikawa and Day from a betting perspective, fellas. And Kelly, I see you shaking your head and it leads me to believe you might you might like Jason Day in this one. No, no, I, it's exactly what you're saying. There's just not much of a gap. I think that there's, like, if you if you have strong conviction on one of those two guys, go for it. I think you're getting good a good number because of how well, I mean, how well Jason Day's playing, right? If you want to tell me you're batting Colin Morikawa this week because you think that number uh, is a bit juicier than it probably should be because of how well Day's been playing, go for it. You want to bet Jason Day because you want to tell me he's one of the hottest golfers on the planet right now and you're getting plus 190 on him, go for it. I do think it's one of those two, though, that comes out of this group, and I'm not really I'm not really interested in, any, in anything else here. Um, I might just be picking on the rest of these guys in the rest, in the rest of this group in, in daily matchups. 
Wes, we look at this. Uh, it'd be it would also co- to mention whoever whoever um, advances here, be it Morikawa, Dace, Vincent, or Perez, they are also in the Scheffler quadrant. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it's worth mentioning mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, this is actually my second outright bet. I did bet Jason Day at thirty-three to one. Also bet him plus two ten to win the group. And Mark Howell was, uh, you know, doesn't have a great match play record, but I think he's going to win pretty soon. I don't know if it's going to be this week. I was kind of looking at him this week, you know, before mm-hmm. the draw came out on Monday morning. Uh, this is a tough group, by the way, with yeah. Mark Howell. With Adam Svensson, who doesn't have a lot of experience in this event, has actually been playing very solid on the floor to swing like he usually does. And then Victor Perez. Now, uh, Perez, I hit actually earlier this year in Abu Dhabi. And he did uh, go back to 2021. He did reach the semifinals here. He had kind of an easy group, though. He had Mark Leishman, Russell Henley, and uh, and Sun J.M. And Victor Perez beat Leishman, beat M, lost four and three to Russell Henley. But he ran it all the way. Uh, got beat Robert McIntyre, beat Sergio Garcia, and then lost to Billy Horschel in the semifinals back in 2021. So he's certainly a capable match play player. And I think he's kind of a guy on the precipice of being on the Ryder cup team this year. Cause there's going to be some spots with some of the live defections. Mm-hmm. So Victor Perez. Now I, I think he's in pretty good shape. having won a really good field against a really good field in Abu Dhabi. Uh, so you can't underestimate him, but Jason day, just to me, he yeah. is starting to play. I think the best golf that he has played since he was the world number one in 2016, you know, he was 19th at the players, but I think he had like three top tens in a row. He's actually won here. He won the inaugural event actually here in Austin and then uh, uh, won a previous one at Dove Mountain. So he is a two-time winner trying to become a three-time winner of this event. The concern with Day is usually his fitness, but we haven't seen those injuries pop up yet this year. Now, I'm always worried that, okay, I get all in on Jason Day and all of a sudden he's going to have a back issue. Right. Because that has happened, you know, numerous times before. But uh, uh, he won this in 2016, won it in 2014 at Dove Mountain. I, I think it was over Louis Ustase in, uh, in the final, if memory serves me correctly. But Jason Day, just to me, even though I think Marikawa is a better match play player than his record is going to indicate, just not a lot of reps necessarily, 3-3-3 yeah. three, three, and three overall. I like Jason Day this week. Yeah, I have a very unfair handicap of this group where I would be betting Day or I think maybe even Perez before I would bet Morikawa. It's I feel like there is a certain mentality and certain kind of like attitude that is needed maybe in some of these mm-hmm. type of content. And like Colin just is like that just mild mannered, super nice guy, like doesn't ever say anything like whatever. And I don't know. I feel like there is an advantage to be had. Like there's a reason why guys like Billy Horschel has had success, you know, repeatedly here and things because it's like. There's a little bit of a psychological aspect. Um, to, well, to emotion it. plays into yeah. it. And Morikawa is very, you know, very cerebral yeah. in terms of the way he plays. Doesn't really show a lot of emotion or fire all the time. And sometimes that's what you need. And that's, a, you know, that's why Ian Poulter was such a great match play player. Right. Because he has that in him. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, group 10, Tony Finau, Kurt Kitayama, Adrian Morocco, and then Christian Buzadenhout. Uh, this is a very, very interesting group because you look and you say like, oh, this should this should obviously just be female. Like, oh, I mean, like, what are you talking about? But we've seen Kitayama play very well of late. We have talked about Maroc on this very podcast because if you don't follow the rest of world stuff, this is a guy that has been playing well rest of world. And then we get this, and then we get Christian Bazaden out, who, by the way, 
is the also would be a first round guy of a guy who can put together three rounds and then enter a fourth round and then have two holes that just absolutely derail his his chances of winning a tournament and he ends up like somehow t15 whenever he was like you know in second place for a tournament but again doesn't factor in as much for a tournament like this doesn't really come into my you know handicapping when it comes to this because again i just want these guys with a lot of upside i think this is a group with a lot of upside here wes and i know Finau is the is the name brand in this one but i think us who follow this a little bit more closely i think maybe should kind of say ah it's not so fast there on tony Finau in this group yeah on paper this yeah. should be a runaway for tony Finau, but if you look really at his form not the greatest here. I don't really love him at this course. Uh, he's never made the round of 16. And uh, look, he, he's going against guys that are obviously very erratic. I mean, uh, Bezadenhut has, has never even won a match here. I think he's 0-5-1 uh, in six matches. Uh, bottom of the group both times he's played here. Kurt Kitayama, obviously, he has a he's a very high variance player, uh, can be very wild at times. And then Adrian Moronk, his last round he shot was an 81. So it's like, oh my God, how can you back these guys? But I, I think Finau just at this course is is kind of a weak favorite, even though he's been in relatively solid form. Uh, nothing great, but 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 pretty good at least. But I don't know if pretty good is good enough to necessarily back him to win a to win a group here. So I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I might just be like, okay, you know, just compare prices. I think I see Kitayama basically like 275, Moronk 350, uh, uh, uh 330. Maybe Moronk is worth a shot at, at seven to two to win this group. Kelly Bidlin, I have a bet in this one that I didn't tell you about, but I did take Kitayama to win group 10. Uh, th- plus 323 actually was what I was able to get on kitayama here and I, I it's just a guy that again i'm betting the upside i'm betting the head to head, the 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 birdie the, the potential that he has to go out there and score because of all of the possessed the the skills that he possesses now yes he is volatile but i'm embracing volatility in a match in a in a contest like this right i mean that's mm-hmm. it's i'll embrace the volatility i'll take the bad with the good and if it's all bad then so be it and and i'll just lose the bet here but i did take kitayama at plus 320 here yeah, this is uh, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys were both zagging. It sounds like, and I'm zigging on this one. And zigging is, I'm actually, I went with Finau, and this was a, it was a price play for me. Um, got up to, I didn't, I didn't end up firing on this until right before the show. Actually, when I saw a plus one forty five, I think over at Surface where I grabbed oh, that, yeah, grabbed that ad. Um, it was, uh, so I, I went in on that. I, I hear everything you guys are saying, and this is one of my, this is, I think this is my smallest. Yes, this is my smallest bet. Uh, group winner, but I think this is the same kind of, you can make the same argument for almost all these guys. It's the volatility in Tony Finau's game. Well, okay. He's, he's losing around the green in the past few tournaments. Again, if he's, if he's got to be playing that much around the green, you know, consistently, he's probably, he's probably in trouble anyways, in most of these matchups. And then if you know the putter, right, we always talk about the putter with him. If he's putting bad, okay, he's probably, we're probably going to probably going to lose here. But if I can get a good putting week or a few good putting days out of him, I, I think he's, you know, he's far and above the best player in the in this group. So he's got the consistent approach stats, and that's kind of what I leaned on. So I, at first glance, this wasn't a bet for me. When I saw a plus 145, though, I finally did uh, end up betting it. But it, again, smaller bet for me here. 
all this means is Bazayden Hout's going to win the group. Is basically all. That's that's basically all that means right there. Mm-hmm. Group eleven was a group that I targeted heavily uh, when I saw that the one seed in this group was F- Matt Fitzpatrick. That was the group that I knew that I was going to go in and, and, and tackle hard. Now it's Matt Fitzpatrick, it's Sahith Tagala, it is Minwoo Lee, and it is JJ Spawn. Matt Fitzpatrick is just not right right now. There is something very, yeah. very wrong with He's him. He's got a neck issue yeah. from, you know, from what I've been reading. Yeah, it, it, he is. He is. There's something's just not right with him. So I think this this is the easiest group for anyone to win, in my opinion. Um, I have gone in. I took JJ Spawn plus 350 in a three-way matchup against Matt Fitzpatrick in round one. So, Listen, plus 350, and now if they tie, I, you know, I lose the bet. But, I mean, I, I will take the plus 350 on J.J. Spawn against Matt Fitzpatrick in a, in a head-to-head here in round one. I also have Minwoo Lee coming out of this group. I would be perfectly fine if you took Thagala to come out of this group, and I would be fine if you wanted to bet Lee and Thagala, to be honest with you. You would still make money if either one of them, if you just bet the same unit on that to uh, to come out of this group. But, uh, I think this one is super, super wide open, Kelly. And and listen, Fitzpatrick is just—he's just not right right now. Like he, if he was, if he was, if he was playing like he was, you know, eighteen months ago, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But he's not, and there's something wrong. It's lingering, and it goes back to that other thing we were talking about as well, right? This is a lot of matches back to back and whatever. And so if he is dealing with an injury, it's only going to be worse that you're just playing boom, 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 boom like that. So. Uh, give me anybody in this group other than Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I thought about that as well. This is uh, the, the only problem is I could I couldn't zero, narrow down who I really wanted to to bet on to win the group. I I agree with what you're saying, Matt. And I, I to be honest, I didn't really think too much about doing something like that uh, of betting a Figala and you know and Minwooly or something like that, but. But I don't think I'm going to do that either because I do think all three guys are live. I, I actually am on board with you with the Spawn matchup. I played that as well over Fitz in the first round. That That's the only thing I did, though, so far. I think, I, I think I'm just going to try to target him, you know, betting against him almost daily. Like, I think every matchup is probably going to be a bet against Fitzpatrick. And, I mean, hey, if you win two out of those three, like, that's, you know, that's a pretty dang good week as far as that group's concerned. Um, so... Yeah, I, I am with you on that same matchup play, but I I, I didn't do any, end up doing anything as far as anybody advancing from this group. And Wes, we talk about these guys with volatility. I think the number one overall, the 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 full on either either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud of this would be Sahith Thagala over the last year mm-hmm. and a half on tour. This is a guy, there's nobody on tour that can go from T40 to T5 or T5 to T70 like quicker than Sahith Thagala because he really does have those holes where he will put an eight on the board. Like, I mean, like it is, or he can rattle off five, six birdies in a row, right? I mean, if you want to talk about volatility, he is the poster child for that, which again, in an event like this, I kind of embrace and I kind of like. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and he certainly, I think, is the danger man, even though he's not the one I bet. I did bet Minwoo Lee mm-hmm. at 275 to come out of this group. He was 1-1-1 one, one, and one in his appearance last year, lost to Billy Horschel, did beat Thomas Peters, and uh, tied Tom Hoagie, so he didn't advance out of the group. But you look at Minwoo, he doesn't have a lot of record as a professional, but he did win the 2016 uh, U.S. Junior Amateur, only Australian ever to do so. Uh, in a match play and he actually plays a lot of match play because he plays a a decent amount in his home country Mm -hmm. of Australia and there's a lot of match play events over there so when you look at the record that I like had in my column where it's like okay 
one, one and one for Min Woo Lee. He's got a lot more experience than that, than that in match play. So I thought Min Woo Lee was, it was an attractive option here. He, he seems to like match play. I thought he played very well at the players. I know he slipped a little back from the top of contention there on Sunday, but Min Woo also is, it can be kind of erratic. Like Sahith mm-hmm. Gala can be absolutely boom or bust, but I'm thinking he's boom here. I went plus 275. Yeah, I actually have Min Woo as well in the account. I uh, was able to find a, a 290 out there. Group 12, Jordan Spieth, Shane Lowry, Taylor Montgomery, Mackenzie Hughes, Wes. What a group this is because we have every type of player, every type of personality, every type of everything going on here. We do. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, uh, Jordan Spieth, I know people are going to gravitate toward him because obviously this is Austin Country Club and he played at the University of Texas at Austin. But if you look at his record, 10-7-3, and three, not bad. But but not great. You would think it would be like a like a Kevin Kisner type of record based on the fact that the local angle. Uh, Shane Lowry, surprisingly, in match play has just been dreadful. Yeah. If yeah. you look at his record, seven sixteen and three two seven and three here. Mac Hughes, you know what Mac Hughes is. Mac Hughes is one of the better putters out mm-hmm. there. But he is actually matched in this group by I think one of the elite putters on the PGA Tour. And that is who I went with. And I went with Taylor Montgomery, the rookie at three to one to go ahead and get out of this group. And there's going to be, I think, a couple of those guys. So I guess why not Montgomery? And if you look at a guy that can make a lot of birdies, that can make 25 footers to save pars, Taylor Montgomery can absolutely do that. He's actually statistically the best putter in the field. He kills it on the par fives. He hits it a mile off the tee. He's actually a a local here in Las Vegas. His dad, Monty, the GM over at Shadow Creek. So, you know, I know Austin Country Club, I talked about the fact that it mitigates distance, but he's always always going to be a way. He's going to outdrive everybody in this group. And sometimes when a guy does that, Matt, you mentioned the psychology mm-hmm. of this event earlier. When a guy's just bombing it past you, it's like, man, this kid's <laughs> just killing me. You know, you're you're gonna start to feel that. So I thought I didn't think that there was like a really great favorite in this group. So I thought Taylor Montgomery at three to one, absolutely worth a shot. I also am well as well to him on Taylor Montgomery in this group. It seems like we're gonna have a good we're going to have a good couple of days, Wes, or we're going to have a bad couple of days together, it seems, in this one. I also, uh, to me, look, this the the skill set that he possesses, I will play the upside here. I, I kind of know what I have in Spieth, right? I kind of know what I have in Lowry. I, I do want to see what it looks like, him getting out there and and doing what he does and, and you know, going head-to-head against some of these other guys. So, I also, the price to me was just a little bit too long. I didn't get as good as you. Mine was a little bit less than that. I think it was 289 or something like that, but... I uh, do have Taylor Montgomery in this group as well. What about you, Kelly? Well, bravo to you, gentlemen. Um, I really hope you both win your bets, but I hope he loses the first round matchup because I bet Shane Lowry. All right, is, all right. I in the way in the way that I'm using this is there. I think the match play records can be extremely useful in multiple ways. Where I think I'm getting a cheap price on a first round matchup on Shane Lowry because of that against Taylor, Taylor Montgomery. I, I I hear what you guys are saying on the upside of Montgomery. Um, I think Lowry is just, I think he's a well, he's a well-established, better all-around player. I The only thing I think, you know, what's probably held him back in some of the match play stuff is what you guys have talked about with some of the, some of the, you know, uh, mentality of some of these players. Shane Lowry, 
kind of one of those more laid back guys too. I think that might have something to do with it. But when I, like I got a minus 112 in a, in a first round matchup mm-hmm. over Montgomery on him, that was too cheap of a price for me to pass up. I, I understand where you guys are coming from, from the, the group play, but for that first round matchup, I did go Lowry over him. Group number 13, Sam Burns, Seamus Power, Adam Scott, and Adam Hadwin. I was, as Wes was talking about a little bit earlier, I had players in mind that I was either going to look to back or look to fade whenever the groups came out. Burns being one of the fades for me right now. There's something wrong with his game. Um, mm-hmm. Despite the decent showing this past week, it still was very, very much not a Sam Burns performance this past week. He's in a group with Seamus Power, Adam Scott, and Adam Hadwin. Uh, Wes, could this be one of those groups where the 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 four seed, if we will, could come out of there? Could could Adam Hadwin be the guy that we should be looking at here in group 13? I absolutely think he can. Mm-hmm. I have not bet this yet, but I intend to bet Adam Hadwin, actually. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned about Sam Burns. He, along with Fitzpatrick, are, based on the prices, the weakest favorites mm-hmm. in their group here in group in group play. And yeah, with with Burns, I, I feel I think he's doing some equipment changes as well. He's been really erratic. I mean, he was, I think he was good last week at the Valspar, and that's why I don't want to put too much stock into that because obviously he was the back to back champion. Mm-hmm. So, of course, form, you're going to know some things, and that can kind of make up for maybe if he got some swing issues or whatever it is. But he have not been, he has not been able to drive the ball yeah. real, really very well. He's been kind of all over the place. Adam Scott could win this group, but. He, going out of the round of 16 is about as far as I think he would go. Seamus Powers under that gun right now to try to get on that Ryder Cup team, like I was talking about with a couple of these European players like Victor Perez. Seamus Powers under the gun, too, and he did not play well in Florida on the Florida swing at all. So by default for me, a guy that's been playing pretty consistent golf to start the year, Adam Hadwin at 3-1 to one is where I'm going to likely go. Yeah, Kelly, we look at group 13, and if we talk about there's only one player over the last 24 rounds that has gained across the board, that is Adam Hadwin, who has gained in every single statistical category over the last 24 rounds. Cannot be said about Scott, cannot be said about Power, and certainly cannot be said about Burns either. So if you kind of look at the guy who's coming in with you know the best form as well, it, it would be Adam Hadwin. Yeah, this is... Uh... This is one. This is the maybe the number one group I was waiting to. I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about it, uh, because Hadwin was the guy that I circled too. Where I I think this is you know Burns. You laid it out well, Matt. I think there is a, I I you know the one thing I want to bring up real quick. If that's if that's the, I don't know how are we going to talk about Burns going forward though when we're going to mention like when we look at the Valspar next week or, or next year. Like, this is going to be, he was in the midst of playing his worst golf that we've yeah. seen in a long time and still managed to finish that high at that event. I think that's something yeah. for us all to take note of for next year. But it's one event. I'm not going to read too much into it. Again, we know he plays that we, he plays that well. Um, so I immediately, this was, a, this was a circle to look elsewhere on the board. Um, I don't really know why Hadwin would be priced longer than the other two guys in this group. Uh, so that was that was the one. I'm exactly in Wes's shoes. I had not made this bet yet because I kind of wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were on it, but it sounds like I'll be adding it to my portfolio. Yeah, I like, like having in that group a good bit. Group 14, Tyrrell Hatton, Russell Henley, Lucas Herbert, and then Ben Griffin. This was one where, look, if you take a look at, at just the skill sets alone in this group, look, Tyrrell Hatton is, we're not going to doubt the skill set that comes along with Tyrrell Hatton. I mean, the guy is just absolutely 
super, super highly skilled, but you do wonder from a, you know, from the middle aspect, we know that this guy can get hot. We know that this guy can kind of lose it out there with all of this. That being said, you do look at Tyrrell Hatton here and he kind of a little bit under the radar. He has come out of group play three times already in this tournament. So he has made it out of his group three different times at the history of this thing. And so got a little bit better than I think maybe we give him credit for that said, I do not have a bet in this group, Kelly. I don't know what you made of it. It was, you know, Ben Griffin always pops in the models and all that stuff. And like, but it's yeah. just, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on him in a, in a, you know, in a head to head contest. So I don't know. I, what did you do with group 14? Terrell Hatton is one of my favorite players in this event. He is yeah. the guy that I am the most heavily invested in. I have a bet yeah. for a larger bet on him to win. Uh, th- this is where, I know we, we complain about some of the Vegas books sometimes, but yeah. we do, we do get some out, off numbers that, uh, like I was able to jump on a plus 170 to win this group on him. I have a pretty large bet on that. And he is one of two guys that I bet an outright on 25, mm. 25 to one. Um, I did get in, invested in Hatton. I really like him this week uh, playing well, heading into this tournament. Like you said, uh, Matt, he is kind of, I, I think still with people flying under the radar, maybe a little bit, but second at the players, fourth at the API, 40th at the Genesis, sixth at the uh, waste management Phoenix open before that. Um, I think he's been playing really well since he's kind of transitioned over to the States. As you, as you mentioned, he does, he has gotten out of these groups multiple times before in this event. Hatton Hatton's probably my favorite player of the week. So I I'm invested all around with him. Wes, what say you there on group 14? Yeah. Ditto for me. I'm on Tyrrell Hatton uh, outright and also to win the group uh, nine, six and two in this event. Uh, really good. And Pete died designs. And as you mentioned, Matt, three out of four times he has advanced to the round of 16. He's also, uh, you know, He's had a, uh, a match with Roy, essentially what turned into a match play a couple of years ago at the Abu Dhabi, uh, where he fended off Rory McIlroy yep. when Rory McIlroy was number one in the world. Four top tens and six starts. Uh, and, and look, he's starting to get a little bit of support in the draw. The only other guy maybe you consider is Russell Henley, because I don't think he's as bad as his record indicates, because he's never lost a match. Because I put in my column this week, too, like margin of holes that guys were either up or down in these matches. And it was really minuscule, despite the fact that uh, Russell Henley, by the way, I think he's 2-6-1 and one here. But he's only lost by a total of two holes in those nine matches. He's never lost a match more than two and one. It's he's never really been boat raced here, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. He's never lost like eight and seven or seven and six or something like that. So Henley's record is better. Maybe consider that in some of the other matches other than Tyrrell Hatton and this group. Ben Griffin obviously can get uh, really hot with the putter and has been lately. Lucas Herbert's kind of been nowheresville really to start the year here i didn't know because he he played in that saudi event uh over on the asian tour to start the year that we won with abraham answer and i thought okay this guy's going to live this guy's going to live he hasn't gone yet so you know that plays in these guys minds a little bit i think so no thanks for me on lucas herbert yeah this is all terrell hatton for me oh baby boys you know what we got to do right we gotta we gotta crank it we gotta crank it back out again. Pod play. Pod play. Yes, uh, Tyrrell Hatton for me as well. Um, Tyrrell, it, it just it is. Wow, I like to hear. This. Yeah, Tyrrell Hatton for me as well. Listen, like I said, it's just you go and you look and it, and 
he not only does he have like good match play stuff that we like and all, but like he's playing really, really well yes. right now. Like, I mean, yes. his game is in top form right now. Maybe one of the better forms of all of the guys that are coming into this tournament right now. I mean, he's doing every single thing well. The only thing he's losing, it's only 0.16 is around the green over the last 24 rounds. But again, like we're saying, Toss it out. We're, we're not really worried about it. Like if, you're, if you're having to, if you're, if, if you're not winning the hole, like I want you to win the holes. Right. I mean, if you're having to like yeah. up and downs, like we're not worried about that right now. Like, I don't care about what you're doing with the pars and things. So yeah, the, the only guy in this field, the, worried, yeah. the only guy in this field, I'm maybe worried about chipping out on me, you know, consistently would be a Jordan speed. Right. right. So like right. that, that's like, otherwise I'm tossing that on. I do want to circle back just real quick today. I, Wes, you are, I think you're all over it with Russell Henley. It was I was surprised, I think, how much I ended up liking Hatton because I thought Henley was gonna pop more until I kind of had seen what you know what his approach numbers had kind of looked like recently, where right, really that's right. the strength of his game. So yeah, it, it's I hear you. I might end up playing him in some of these some of the other matchups as the uh, uh as the days go on, but no Hatton, I love him. I love in this event and in this group. Group 15, Cam Young, Sepp Straka, Corey Connors, and Davis Thompson. If we take a look right here, Cam Young is your betting favorite, but close behind is Corey Connors in this group. Corey Connors having some success here over the years. I couldn't pull the trigger. This group, I have no, I have absolutely nothing in group 15. Wes, I don't know if you have anybody here, but I, uh, this was just kind of a pass for me. Uh, I've, like Cam Young hadn't done anything to really make me be inspired to bet him. Sepp Straka is just kind of meh. Corey Connors, we know what he's all about. So I don't know. I couldn't get there. What did you, did you get anything in group 15? I, I do, but before I, I reveal who it is, I am excited, at least for the short-term future, for for one Cameron Young, who hasn't mm. been great lately. But news, of course, broke yesterday that he's going to have a new man on the bag, and that is Paul Tesori, who is the longtime uh, caddy for Webb Simpson. They've been okay. together forever. Webb Simpson apparently wanting to play a little bit less. And, you know, even though he had a top 10 last week, by the way, at the Valspar, first one he's had in a while, Webb Simpson encouraged Tesori, said, hey, go with a better player, a, a younger player. It kind of reminded me... Maybe a little bit of the of the Ted Scott, Bubba Watson thing where Ted Scott went with Scotty Scheffler and all of a sudden that's what he needed and it just clicked. Uh, I think it could happen for Cam Young. I'm not quite convinced like this is the week mm -hmm. where you got a caddy on your debut here, match play totally different. But I think Cam Young is going to get in the winner's circle probably within the next two or three months. I'd be surprised if it took that long. But in terms of this group, I did bet Corey Connors mm -hmm. uh, to win this group. I also bet him on an outright kind of as a dark horse. I got him actually at 80 to one. Uh, yeah. you, you could get him probably around in the mid 60s, I think right now is where I've seen him at least here in town. But Corey Connors, look, is his lone uh, uh, win on the PGA Tour is in Texas. And we know we see this guy every week when we model. He's always up there on approach and greens and regulation gained and all the ball striking and sometimes can't make a putt to save his life. But he's won here in the state of Texas before. He's very good on Pete Dye designs. Uh, good finishes at the RBC Heritage. Uh, has a seventh at the Players. Uh, has a fourth at uh, Harbor Town. So this is a guy... Just the ball striking, I, mm -hmm. I think, is, is just so good uh, for Corey Connors. And, of course, he made a deep run here last year. Beat uh, Alex Noren and Louis Oosthuizen in the group. And that is no small feat because those guys are two very good match play players. Beat Abraham. I think it was Kanaya in the round of 16. Then beat Abraham Answer 
in the uh, in the round of eight before you lost to Kevin Kisner. And then came out, though, I was impressed, you know, and maybe it was maybe DJ wasn't interested because he couldn't win, but he kicked DJ's butt mm. in the third place match. So Corey Connors is a guy that I think is a, is a, is a pretty good gamer here. I like Cam Young long term, but I like Connors this week. Sepp Straka has not really found his form this year. Davis Thompson, a rookie in the event. Davis Thompson's almost like a poor man's Cameron Young where he just right. bombs it off the tee, but I don't think has the complete game that Cameron Young does yet. So uh, uh, Corey Connors, for me, the uh, third uh, uh, pod in this group, I believe number 40 in the OWGR. Kelly, if we take a look at group 15, Corey Connors, we talk about the psychological aspect of it, though. Like, if he's on... If you're playing the guy head to head, it's probably got to be pretty deflating when he's just like dropping it eight feet from the cup every like it's just like over and over and over and over. You're like this guy is another freaking buddy birdie putt. Like <laughs> like you know it's like so there is that too that comes with Corey Connors where it's kind of like you know even if he's not making all these birdie putts, you're kind of like Jesus Christ, this guy's got another freaking birdie putt. You know, it's so like there is there is that that goes into it too. Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear you guys. This is the one. This is the one group I kind of I kept. I had to eventually move on. I, it, it was the paralysis by overanalysis yeah. where I thought I, I was all in. I was all in on Connors and I was all in on Cameron Young. And I was like, okay, guess what? Those are the top two of this group. And uh, the other two guys, I, I think, are far below those two. But I'm not – I didn't want to – I didn't get involved. I didn't get involved yeah. in any first-round matchups in this one. I didn't get involved in any group winners. Group 16, our final group, Sung J.M., Tommy Fleetwood, J.T. Poston, and Mav McNeely, a very interesting group here. Kelly, we know what Sung Jay is all about. Like, Sung Jay at his best can compete with just about anybody. But now we have Tommy Fleetwood coming off of a very good showing, uh, starting to kind of looks like maybe Tommy Fleetwood's figuring some things out. Maybe he's starting to put some stuff together uh we talk about our models and you know we all run models do whatever for whatever reason mad mcneely always seems to 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 pop in in our models and always seems to find his way to the top despite the fact that he does lose in in multiple categories whenever you kind of start to run the different things like that so super interesting super interesting um group here with sung jay with a lifetime record of five and six Tommy Fleetwood with a lifetime match play record of 11, 10, and 3. Then you got 1, 1, and 1 for JT Poston, and then 2, 0, oh, and 1 for Mav McNeely. Yeah, this would be, uh, I didn't end up doing, this is another one I didn't end up doing anything with. It would be Sung Jay or Pass for me here. Um, I, I hear you on Fleetwood, uh, but this is, I think it's Sung Jay. The problem is he continues to string together all these turns, but even. It didn't he? Wasn't he another guy that complained about back pain or something a week or two ago? Because he keeps playing all these dang events. So I don't know. I, I couldn't get through a bet on him, but I think still at the numbers that are listed, I think it, it would for me it would be him or pass for this group. Well, I thought this was one of the tougher groups. Yeah. By the way, yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say, Wes. It's like it's like nobody really jumps off the page here, and I think the odds kind of dictate that too. Yeah, look, Sun J.M. I think is the best player of the four. Tommy Fleetwood, look, he was right in the mix at the Valspar, didn't get it done. And I do think that that could kind of get in your head because we know that Tommy Fleetwood is at least a top 25 to 30 player in the world. I think, you know, you know, based on what he's done on the DP World Tour, but he's never won on the PGA Tour. And I think that that does kind of get to him, the fact that he has not yet won on American soil. So now you got to rebound from that and play in this totally different format and then, uh, you know, JT Poston, just not a lot of experience in this event. 
Mav McNeely is interesting, but he's been out for a little bit with, with an injury. So, you know, you can worry about the fitness. By the way, Maverick McNeely went 2-0-1. I actually lost a group bet on him last year. He went 2-0-1 in his group and didn't advance because Kevin Na, uh, who he uh, uh, halved with in, in the second match, the uh, Thursday match, beat him in a playoff hole. But Maverick McNeely beat Joaquin Neiman 8-6 and last year. And this is when Joaquin Neiman was in really good form when we hit on him at the Genesis. And then uh, also beat Russell Henley 2-1. and one. So McNeely is always one of those interesting guys because he can get hot with the putter. He's one of the best putters in the world. But he loses in other areas if he could just put it all together. Because I bet this guy a lot thinking, man, this, guy, this guy's got the goods. This guy's going to win. And he hasn't done it as of yet. But I can make a case for or against pretty much everybody here. So this is probably a stay away. Maybe I get involved in individual matchups, but no group prop for me. We don't have DFS here in Nevada. You could drive to the border if you wanted to. I'm just not, you know, not going to do it. That being said, um, this is one of the best tournaments for golf DFS. There possibly is because about 15 to 20% of the field will just put in dead lineups. So like they will put in guys, they'll put in three guys from the same group and things like that and whatever. So like, if you're playing DFS this week, just be smart about building your lineups and you're automatically going to be ahead of the of, of 20% of the field out there because they don't make the, their optimal, they don't make their lineups optimally. Just make sure that you're not like putting same guys from same groups and guys that are going to run into each other immediately and all of that stuff. Like you're trying to maximize how many guys you can get to the final eight. So uh, that's how you go about all of that. So be sure and look at the bracket. If you're playing one and done this week, 3.5 million to first place, 2.2 to second, 1.4 to third, and then 1.1 to fourth, Kelly Bidlin, one and done this week. Where are you looking? My boy, Ty Ty Hatton. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody was going to get the Ty Ty reference. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I guess, I, I guess I better go ahead and say what his name is because, yes, I don't know if anyone. I'm just making up nicknames. So, yes, yeah, Hatton. Is, is that going to get this? What you looking at, Wes? One and done this week. Uh, I'm going to go. I think I've used Gantley already. I'm going to go Jason Day. So, I actually have five different entries and they are split between the two guys that you guys just mentioned. So I, I, I have Carol Hatton and Jason day split between, uh, between my entries this week on the one and done. Look, uh, you, you probably already use Scheffler as it is anyway. You probably use Roy. If you haven't, I'm not going to talk you off. I mean, still 3.5 million for first place. Like I'm not going to talk you off the ledge, but this, there's a lot of variance in this. Just remember Scotty Scheffler could shoot eight under in a round, but if the guy mm-hmm. he's playing against shoots nine under, he right. loses. Like it doesn't matter. Like, so right. there's there, there, everything depends on the other guy as opposed to how good you are. So just, just remember the, the variance that does come into that as well. Whenever you're playing this event. Yeah. I mean, he could go, he could go eight under in the first round and one under the next two rounds and not get out of the day group. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, like yes. that's, that's yeah. the type of event we're talking. And, and keep in mind, you guys uh, listening here, you're going to get some like rough beats. Like I talked about with Maverick McNeely, where I thought he was the best guy in the group and he loses on that extra hole to Kevin Na. Yeah. Whereas like, man, he was 2-0-1 and, and he didn't mm-hmm. get out of the group. And then you're like 1-1-1 one, one, and one and playing mediocre and you get a guy get out of the group. So you get a lot of randomness in this event. Absolutely. Guys, again, one thing you could do absolutely free to support this show, just go ahead and hit the pause button, head down below, give us a five-star rating, leave us a little review in there as well. That does help us climb the charts and more people can find this very here podcast. I do appreciate all the support with all that. You can head over to vsin.com to get Wes's written write-up of everything going on. And of course, if you aren't already a subscriber, you can get a free trial over there to check things out as well. Follow us on the Twitter. And of course, go ahead and fire off any questions for next week. And we will try to get to as many of those that benefit the masses 
as humanly possible for Kelly, for Wes. I'm Matt. Good luck at the match play. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.